Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. After weeks of speculation as to what the Blazers might do with the number seven pick in the NBA draft, they end up keeping it and selecting Kentucky guard Shaden Sharp. Not shocking many who believed that if the Blazers stayed there and Sharp fell to them, they would take them. But they did not make a deal, which did surprise some. Joe Cronin talked about it yesterday after the draft. And we're going to talk about it more extensively today on the Blazer Focus podcast. I am Aaron Fentress, along with Craig Bernbach. Craig, I was at the Blazers facility from 4.30 to about 10.15, exhausted, <laughs> sitting there watching the draft. I mean, it's not physically exhausted, right. but after the Blazers pit, sitting around for a few more hours, waiting for, for Mighty Joe to come out and talk. But I have to tell you, I was waiting up until the very last second for some kind of trade to drop. Even after the Blazers made the pick, I thought maybe they'd announce later that it could be a trade. I was told by a source the other day that there could be a situation with Toronto where Toronto might have been willing to trade OG on a newbie if a certain player was available at number seven. I have not confirmed that with a second source, but if true or not true, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the Blazers land. Shaden Sharp, what say you? So I also, you know, was thinking there would be a trade. I mean, after they got Jeremy Grant, I thought – Okay, less of a chance of a trade uh, because they got the guy that we've been speculating forever. Sometimes rumors do come true, and that one already had come <laughs> true. And then I was pretty confident they were going to take Sharp. Um, I, and I think, to be honest, if I'm Joe Cronin, I think it's a brilliant pick for Joe Cronin. I say this because Joe Cronin just signed a four-year deal. That means nothing to the new owners, really, right? You know, when they come in, <laughs> they won't care. Uh, yeah. I think it's they're tra- they're they're selling this team and it's probably going to happen within 2 years maybe faster but within 2 years and so my thought is if you're Joe Cronin pick the kid who's youngest with the highest ceiling <laughs> because if you get new owners in 2 years if this guy's already taken off you look like a genius and either you keep this gig or you get another GM job but if they come in in two years and he's still like finding his way, you go, well, he's only 21 and we haven't, he's not going to be ruled a bust in two years, right? So you're right there. I just think it's a smart, smart move in that regard for uh, Joe Cronin and, and where he is career wise to take the big swing on the, you know, what everyone calls the mystery man. If you read and listen to the people that saw him play in high school and evaluated him then, uh, his upside is huge. I mean, extremely athletic, um, 
long arms, you know, seven foot wingspan, uh, jump out of the gym. Um, those things all look great. And if there was not a 19 year old rule in the NBA draft, I don't know where he would go. But you said he's from Kentucky. Nah, not really. I mean, he was, he was enrolled in Kentucky. He practiced with him. So let me run down a quick story. So he, he's from Canada. He played yeah. one year in Canada, then moved to Kansas, played there, and then ended up in Arizona. I Arizona, think. yep. He, he, gra- he graduated early. So he was a number one rated player in the 2022 high school recruiting class, but then he reclassified to 2021, yeah. where he then fell to number three. He enrolls in the he commits to Kentucky in September, last September. He enrolls in January with the idea of redshirting and then playing next year for Kentucky. But he gets there, and there was a thought, well, could he just play this year? Then they decided not to play this year, and since he was going to be 19 by the draft, and we're starting to hear that his name was rising, rising up the draft boards, heck, maybe he just goes to the draft now. This is very similar to what went down with Anthony Simon. Uh, coming out of the ING, and I asked Kern, I said, is the feeling that, because when they drafted Simons with the 24th pick in 2018, the thought process was, heck, if this guy had gone to Louisville or had stayed and gone one more year, he might have been a top 10 pick. Um, and Kern said, absolutely. That, yeah, it's very similar in that way, and that they think that had this guy played at Kentucky this year or next year, he definitely would have gone higher. Maybe, you know, I speculated top three, he didn't conclude that. But, um, you know, this is a situation where you're hoping you got a guy who, had he stayed in Kentucky and played, would have been a top three pick. And if you pulled that off and he lives up to that, then it's a huge score, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The difference is Simon's made a decision knowing he was going to IMG and what IMG is about, right? This guy said he was going to go to Kentucky, and there is people in Kentucky that are uh, not happy, you know, that they needed, you know, he was eligible to play. They had a lot of injuries. He could have played. He chose not to play. He said it was his decision not to play. So give him credit for owning that when, who are we kidding, an 18-year-old was definitely advised whether to play or not to play. Either it was by some big-time agents or mom and dad, right? I mean, uh, and he chose not to play because he was more concerned with his NBA future. Why play for free? Well, hard to blame him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. It's just that I know you're not. I know he hasn't. But at at IMG, um, Simons did play five on five. You know, there was more. There was more video. There was. um, He this guy has not played five on five (laughs) since he played in high school. He played three on three. He played in the high end circuit, you know, AAU and the EYBL Nike thing. But but like Cronin said, you know, the big difference is we don't have we didn't have thousands of minutes of college tape on him like we had on virtually everyone else. And so that makes it tougher. And I and then a lot of things I watched leading up to the draft, people were saying athletically, physically, talent-wise, he is the entire package, but no one knew what he would be like against other guys in big settings at the college level and how he would compete and adjust to adversity. And so for me though, the fact that they selected it means he had to have passed those tests because there's no way Chauncey Bills would allow them to draft a kid they thought might have been soft. And Cronin said flat out that in, in, the, in the workouts they did with him, when he was going up against college guys in those workouts, that he never backed down. He was never rattled offensively, never backed down defensively. I had heard after his workout that he had pinned someone's layup against the backboard like it was nothing. And there's actually a video now 
on uh, the Portland Trailblazers Instagram of some of his highlights from that workout. And one of them is he just goes up and pins, pins dude's lamp against the glass and sort of makes a face like that was too easy. <laughs> right? That's how gifted this cat is. So if he delivers on the, on the dog mentality, and I asked him last night, you know, do you have that dog? And he was like, yeah, I feel like I have that dog. I mean, if he does have that, he's going to have the very worst. Like, to me, the floor, I'm going to go former Blazer. I'm going to go Bonzi Wells. Like, to me, that's the floor for him. You want more. That's still a pretty good player. The ceiling could be Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's that type of athlete to be, you know, so he has to develop, obviously, as Edwards has. But he has that type of physical ability. So I'm going anywhere from Bonzi to Anthony Edwards. And you're, fr- and you're frowning at me. You're well, I mean, it's me. just crazy to say the floor. <laughs> the floor is a guy that I'm never wrong when I say the floor. Yeah, anyway, when the floor is a guy that you know, when when his head was right, you know, which was a brief time, <laughs> you know, he was he's you know he's he was, he was right below all star. You know, what I mean, like right. the floor a floor on a guy that you draft uh, that you last saw play in high school um, is out of the league in three years or Travis outlaw. I mean, that's the floor is prediction. That's you. No, I'm just saying like, you know, my know. prediction, my, no, yeah. I know. my prediction yeah. is at very worst. Bonzi. I'm calling it. Look, I'm calling it. Somebody got called her Anthony. And my floor for Anthony was a more athletic version of CJ. Okay. That's coming true. So I'm going to stick with my floor on shady sharp. Bonzi coming, Bonzi. coming true. Has it come? No, true? It's true. It's true. It's true. It is not true <laughs> yet. Okay. It will be. Okay. Cut. Eject. Abort the podcast. I'm not going to deal with this slander. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> look, I just look. I I think it's a smart look. I think it was the best pick at that point. The guy. You look. You know who I loved. I loved Boncaro from the get go. I was like, that's my guy. Yeah. I like him better than anyone else. He ends up going one, and then Keegan Murray. He was gone. Like the things you needed in the draft that could have helped the Blazers now were not there. So if you had to draft it, I say swing for the. This guy fits into the future of the Blazers if Damian Lillard that if the era of Damian Lillard does not go to a championship which you know you've got to be realistic then maybe this guy is your next Damian Lillard in the sense he's your star you got a chance for a star you might as well swing um especially when you don't when your future as a franchise is clouded everybody there doesn't know what their job is going to be like in 2 years based on the fact that this team is going to be sold so you might as well go big and that spot. So well done. You know, I give it a, you know, I give it a strong B plus, you know, for the, the draft, you know, in the sense that, that I think they did what was uh, other, you know, an A to me was trading out and say hello to, to Mr. Collins or, you know, say hello to OG. <laughs> like to me, that would have been an A. Uh, to me, it's a B, B plus because they, uh, I think it was smart. Okay. So speaking of trades, I did ask Cronin. If, well, Cronin could not talk about the Jeremy Grant trade, which uh, was reported on Wednesday, and I confirmed it Wednesday as well. So that obviously everyone knows it's gone down. Um, but he couldn't talk about it because the trade season doesn't start till July 6th. I was told he can't even talk about it until July 6th. But they did get Jeremy Grant. I asked him if acquiring – well, first let's talk about this. <coughs> the fact that they got Jeremy Grant for – the 2025 first-round pick that everyone was whining about because that's what the Blazers ended up with in the McCullum deal was just amazing because I was thinking, I said all along, that I thought it was going to cost them maybe the seventh pick to to get someone like Grant unless they could pull off something from multiple firsts. But as it turned out, they were able to get Grant for the pick that people were crying about, which means that ultimately now 
the Blazers essentially trade McCollum and Nance for Grant and Hart. And I don't care who you are, that is a great deal. Even if McCollum is technically the best player, he's 6'3", making $34 million a year. He's redundant because you got Dane and Ant, and you just got longer at, at both the three and the four with Hart, or Hart also played the two. But with Grant, that's just, a, that's just a great coup as far as I'm concerned. But I asked Clement if making the trade that he could not talk about uh, made it easier <laughs> for him to stick at seven, <laughs> made it easier for him to stay at seven. He said that he tried not to think of things that way, like, but that, yeah, you could sometimes say, well, I filled the hole already, so maybe I'm not going to jump on something. Uh, but I wonder if the John Collins thing kind of went bye-bye because Grant was absorbed in the trade exception, so you couldn't do that with Collins. So that means that, Colin, that Atlanta would have to take back salary. Maybe they didn't want to do that. And then the OG thing I was told might have been contingent on who was available at seven from both parties. Right, let's say Sharp is gone and Toronto really wants Matherin and Matherin's there, maybe a deal happens. Or maybe both teams wanted Sharp and Sharp was there and the Blazers said, now nah, we're going to take Sharp. So who knows what happened there. But at the end of the day, you got your veteran forward and you kept the pick. So yeah. first let's just talk about the fact that they got Grant, someone that we all speculated they, they were going to go after. How do you just, I mean, what was your reaction when you heard about that? Well, I will say it came a lot cheaper than I thought, and it ends up, you know, for all the people saying that the trade was horrible, it's they can't. You, if you say the trade was horrible now, then I have no more oxygen for you because you can, right. <laughs> you know, you could say you still don't like it, fine, but it wasn't horrible, and the intention yeah. of why they did the deal worked out. You get two guys for the for less than the one, and they're both, you know. Big minutes, guys. You're not gonna. I mean, if you add Hart and um, Grant's statistics, they're gonna over. They're gonna be better than CJ's, and you're gonna pay less for them. So no, no doubt. It's uh, and look, and Grant is, uh, I think, a year younger than CJ, or right there. You know, there's no age issue. Two years. Yeah, two yeah. years. So that that's helpful. Uh, and like you said, the redundancy of it. Um, that to me, if you would have made that trade for Hart. And Grant for CJ and, you know, the Larry Nance thing, junior, whatever, doesn't, I know you can't ignore it. Yeah, but he can be replaced. I would have said, well done, you know, and you clear the room for Simons. You had to clear the space for Simons or none of Aaron Fentress's predictions could come true. So they have to yeah, clear the runway. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I thought the Grant deal was great in the sense that what they got him for. Again, you know, I like Collins and OG better. You know, so yeah. in that sense, um, I'm like, okay, it's a B, right? Because you got him. Uh, we have Grant and the seventh pick. And the seventh pick is not going to help you next year. Probably not. You know, there's miracles. And maybe it does help you in two years when you still got Damien there. I mean, we've seen guys take off at 20, no doubt. So, um, well, but that's that's the incomplete that you get. OG and Collins, I know how to grade that because I've seen them and I and I see potential there. But yeah, I think he did a. I, I'm shocked that that it was that easy to get. You know that they wanted Amazing. to get rid of they wanted to get rid of Grant that much. Um, right. That was a little surprising, but he's a starter in the NBA that averaged you know 19 
you know, almost 20 points last year and went over 22. Those numbers are inflated because those, you know, the teams you were on was terrible. And I've, I've said yeah. a million times, every NBA team is going to score 100. So if you got five on the floor, somebody's, some, somebody's getting score. 20. Somebody's getting someone's 20. Uh but you know, but it's the guy can def- the guy can defend better than you know uh, most guys on the Blazers. He's not you know a, a, an A one defender, but he's a solid defender at, at multiple positions at the three and the four. And guess what? You had no real, you had no four, <laughs> real four starter, and your th- and your three starter, your. You're just hoping is good, and he can't play more than 20 minutes without breaking, you know, shoulder separating. So, um, yeah, well done. Excited that he's on the team. I know Lillard liked him when they played together on the uh, Team USA. So, um, right. smart move, and it's amazing how sometimes like NBA writers are correct you know, when they do this, or people that predict yeah. stuff. They they sometimes come true. So, listen, man. I, you know, I know Grant is an all star. He has some flaws. Blah blah blah. But I just absolutely believe he's going to flourish on this team. If you look at his shooting numbers in Denver when he was playing with Jokic and playing with Jamal Murray, you know, he was well over 40% from the field, about 38, 39% on threes. All those numbers came down in Detroit when he became the focal point. He was the guy on a horrible team, which means, you're ta- one, you're taking bad shots because you have the green light, right? And two, the defense is, is focusing on you. So they're going to force you into some bad shots. So, you know, just two awful shots a game that maybe you wouldn't have taken are going to drop your percentages down. So now he's going to be on a team where he's going to play with two, well, one elite superstar level creator and then another rising star creator in, in Simons. So those two could obliterate any one-on-one situation. They're going to, they're going to have to be dealt with by a defense, which makes Grant your third, if not fourth option, depending on, depending on how, what, what type of offense you're running with Nurkic out there, et cetera, et cetera. And Nurkic is such a good passer. So now you have a guy who can slash to the basket and finish, who can do things like spin in the lane and rise up and, and shoot, shoot mid-range shots. None of these things Covington were good at. Now, Covington was really good at, I'm wide open, passing the ball for the three, right? That was Covington's thing. But Covington finishing at the rim was awful. Oh. Like, I, I, never, I mean, that guy would get to the basket and be like, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? Grant's throwing it down, or he's doing something feathery around the rim to get it in. So him operating with that length and athleticism within and and Ant and then Hart and then Nurkic, like he's going to get great looks, great looking threes, just like Covington did, plus the stuff he can do with the basket. I think all his shooting numbers go up, and it's just going to completely change the, the dynamic aspect of this team. It, to me, he is better than he was at Detroit. He's going to be better. Um, for the Blazers, and it's just a huge get. And then adding Sharp on top of that. So now Sharp, you get a guy who's not going to start, obviously. But if he can develop enough to come off the bench and give you 15 or 16 solid good minutes, when you got Hart as the back primary backup too, as of right now, and then develop as you go. In two years from now, let's say two. Let's say we get three more prime game years, and he starts to wane a little bit, and then that's when Sharp blossoms. That helps extend Dame's ability because now Dame needs to do even less. So like CP3 doesn't have to give you 36 minutes. He can give you 30 because you got Sharp and Ant. You still got Grant will only be 31. Like I, I just think both moves together are amazing for this team. Yeah. Drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm bathing in the Kool-Aid, butt naked right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I <laughs> I'm not as th- I I think it's good. You know, I don't I'm not saying it's amazing. I think it's good. And and if Sharp ends up being, you know, 
an all star. Then it's then it is amazing, and it's and it's beyond amazing because you you know you you have a a replacement for your superstar, and I I just you just don't know when you draft kids that are basically eighteen. Um, it you know <laughs> yeah. that there's there are some huge wins. There's the Kevin Garnetts, and then there's guys that are like Josh you know, Jackson and the Darko Militics, yeah. the, the Bennett's. <laughs> yeah, and even and you know exp- the recent experience here, you have the Simons, which looks like a home run, and the Travis Outlaw, which was uh, you know a, a single in an era. Disaster, you know Martell Webster, right? Martell. Uh, and, and, what's and, his Mar- case? Um, who was the point guard? Oh, who Sebastian Telfair. Sebastian Telfair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all these are so, so we and 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 that's just Blazers, right? You know, and that's before the right, you know, before the the league. Uh, change it to 19. So they all look great in high school. I mean, Sebastian Telfair, I mean, from New York, they said he was going to be the best of the New York point guards that at that point had the most amazing run, right? I mean, he's going to be better than Marbury. He was going to be better than Kenny Anderson. He's going to be better than Mark Jackson. And he was not. (laughs) He was not better than (laughs) any of them. He was very better than you. Right. I mean, uh, and Travis Outlaw, we know the athletic prowess he had and and um it just didn't work out. And and Martel Webster, great teammate, you know, just been smart, hard worker, could shoot, just never never happened, right? It did not happen. He was not worth a top ten pick. Um and in the end, everyone who thought that he was gonna be even a, a really solid starter was wrong. Everything when I watch this guy and I watch stories on him and the stuff from him in high school, I'm like, oh my god, how is this guy not going to be an all star? It just looks amazing. And when he talks and I, you know, you listen to his parents, they all, they seem it seems great, but you never know. You're correct, Craig. Most people never know about the young guys, but I usually do when I make predictions. <laughs> so anyway, real quick, let's talk about just mention Jabari Walker, the second round pick. The Blazers made another flurry of trade. They Moved the, the 46th pick to Denver and, and something that we don't know yet. Maybe they traded him for a player. Who knows? Uh, or traded the pick for a player. Who knows? But then they tra- they drafted uh, Walker, a Colorado guy. You know, as people ask, hey, was Chauncey Billups happy about that pick? It's Billups played at Colorado. But, you know, he's all Pac-12 guy, you know, talented guy who will be in summer league. Maybe the two-way G League guy. Who knows? But – you know, I, I wouldn't expect him to play much next season. The developmental guy, sort of like Greg Brown, was. Any opinion on him? Well, I mean, his dad played in the NBA uh, for a while as yeah, a ten years, yeah. as a yeah, a, ten years as a role player, mediocre at you know, somewhat of a starter at times. So you know, he has the he knows what it takes, and that is to me always worth the risk. Second round picks for the Blazers from former uh, former. Uh, players you know that Gary Trent thing where that guy ended up being pretty good so uh, I just always like that with their borderline players you even see uh, you know GP you know Gary Payton's son yeah we saw him play at Oregon State and he's turned into just a really really good player <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. was undrafted so yeah. I say if you're going to draft in the second round really low in the second round makes sense to take a guy that will fit uh, a role that you need uh, and taking a guy that's dad played in the NBA you know, Horford turned out all right. You know, there's a lot of people that didn't, but I think it's a it's a smart bet. So uh, I say, yay! You know, if he plays <laughs> two way, I will say this: I'm excited for summer league. You know, oh yeah, I'm there's going. a reason to watch. 
there's a reason to watch summer league, right? To see yeah. a guy, hopefully the seven pick, hopefully sharp will play. And then to. let's see what walk. Yeah. Let's see what Walker can do. Um, and then the, all, all those other young guys to see if they took any jumps. So that, that makes me want to watch summer league, which it takes a lot for me to want to watch summer league. So I'm glad about that. <laughs> I covered hey. summer league last year and there was no first round pick there. I'm so excited to see sharp. This year. I'm definitely going to Vegas for about a week. Why am I hearing birds in your background? Oh, I'm at my son's baseball game at Glencoe High School. You ah. know, my, my son's uncle, Ryan Remington, went to Glencoe here and played baseball here. And now his parents, 32 years later, are back for the first time to watch their grandson uh, play baseball oh, at the same awesome. field. And he had a, a double in the first, or second inning, and then I had to leave for the podcast. But, yeah, pretty cool. I'm back out here at Glencoe watching my son play baseball and doing this podcast with you. Takes after his mom with that double. Exactly. Oh, 100%. I was not a baseball player. Um, so, okay, before we go, so we're going to sign off here today. We'll be back next week to look forward. Just so everyone knows, because people keep asking me on Twitter, well, they still need this, they still need that. Well, yeah, it's a process, fool. Stop crying about every single step. You can't You can't add five new all-stars on day one. Like, it's all a process. Free agency's coming up. They've got mid-level exceptions, biannual exceptions. They still have some trade exception money to work with. You got Bledsoe's contract. There's going to be some teams out there looking to dump money. Hell, the Detroit Pistons just dumped the dude for a first-round pick because they didn't want to pay him $111 million, which the Blazers are glad to do. So there's going to be a lot of things moving and shaking uh, once free agency starts. And we will be back next week to dive into what the Blazers could do next and sift through a lot of great rumors once again. You looking forward to it, Craig? Oh, of course. Of course. Always. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. Please remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. Even if it's just for Craig, that's fine. You can give me a one-star rating. Just give Craig a five. I'm, I'm good with that. And we'll catch you next time here on the Blazer Focus podcast.